Hello everyone and welcome to a special episode of the Baby Show. Actually, it's the Borderlands show. That's right, I'm Mike. That over there is Dan. Dan, how are you doing this fine Monday night? It's a Monday. Um, kind of like you said it, dude. It's a Monday. Um, but don't have too much going on tonight. Got, uh, you know, got some work, had some dinner. Now I'm going to do this and go to bed, so... Always, always a great Monday. That describes Monday beautifully. Yeah, really, the only worst day is Tuesday. And it's I just feel like, hold what up, does hold up, Tuesday ever bring to the table? Are you trying to tell me you think Tuesday is worse than a Sunday? Yeah. Because the Sunday because, has like, been Because I still have to wake up and go to work on Tuesday. But but Tuesday, you've accepted your fate. Sunday has like the dread of what's coming. But Tuesday is like... I've okay, yes, I've accepted my fate that I have work and I have you know, at least Monday, if you want to look at the positive side, it's the start of a new week at work. And then Tuesday is just like shit, dude, I got four more days. So this this is a good way to go into this actually because where I work, um so I work for government stuff and there are some people in there who are like full blown government employees and it's notorious so where I work, um, you basically get bonuses like if you were an active duty troop, if you were in battle, like a bunch of stuff like that. So mm -hmm. one of the guys I work with talked about, he used to know a guy who was going to retire in a year. But he had so many vacation days, like, saved up. He would take every Monday and Friday off. His logic was, no one wants to be there on Mondays. Mondays suck. By the time you get to Friday, no one does shit anyway, so why am I here? That's pretty true, honestly. <laughs> so you just work Tuesday through Thursday since the last year of employment. <laughs> Honestly, I do think that unless you have something super important happening on a Friday, you should be able – it should be a half day. So then because, like, is that not a slippery slope that of then a couple years later people would be like, so we just shouldn't work Fridays. And then Thursday comes the half day and – That's fine. Then we'll just be like Spain. Everybody in Spain stops working at three every day. You're right. And we're going to talk about two things. When's the last time Spain won a war and what is Spain's economy? Right. First off, two things to your two things. Number one, when has Spain needed to be in a war? And number two, it's in the shitter, but that's Weren't not they important. literally in World War Two? Um <laughs> On the no, bad side? I, I thought they were on the bad side of World War Two. I'm pretty sure that Hitler was just like, Hey Franco, I'm gonna not mess with you and then it was like the same deal he made with Stalin, but he invaded Stalin first. No, I thought it was the same deal he made with Mussolini, but but Franco wasn't an idiot. <laughs> well, I mean, and I, I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure that Franco was also a fascist. That's why, yeah. They were just having, like, their own problems, and they were like, ah, we're going to stay out of it. And then once they saw that, you know, the other fascists were losing, they were like, no, oh, we're cool. That's when they, that's when also they, like, shook down, they, like, had the, the flagpole, lowered down the Nazi flag, put up the communist flag, and went, we're good, we're good, we're good. <laughs> But that's, you know, like, a long time ago, Spain, you know. You're right. Spain now just naps and drinks a lot of wine. Exactly. And as far as I'm concerned, that's... I don't know. I'm cool with that. Oh, fucking goddamn commies. Anyway, so this show is our show leading up to Borderlands 3. If anyone has paid attention, this is the Tales from the Borderlands episode. 
which means we're out of fucking games for a couple weeks because the next episode is all going to be all about the nice, juicy, voluptuous Borderlands 3. So, as usual... I don't know how juicy it is, just to <laughs> just to be honest yet. I mean, I suppose we'll see when we get there, but... What know, if you open, like, the, the desk and it's like, <laughs> just like, is the, you're like, who the fuck soaked this container in water? It's just like when you open it, it's like biting into a gusher. <laughs> yeah. Instead... It's like, oh, it's just this sticky substance that... Maybe, you know, hear me I, out, Dan. Maybe, like strawberries. Maybe the collector's edition has, has a um, face pizza in it. <laughs> you know what oh skin I, pizza that's the term <laughs> I didn't get that edition so I mean I'm not gonna find out but that would be kinda cool can you imagine if they made like a joke the skin like pizza edition that'd be such a deep cut but it'd be so great <laughs> I would probably have to get it if that was the case <laughs> anyway so this episode is all about tales from the borderlands uh, the general stuff is like over every time the borderlands series has sold about 43 million units. This is the sad tale of it. Um, the estimated number, because we never got a full number, is around a million units of this was sold in its entirety. So, substantially less people than any other game. Uh, this game was uh, a multi-year release cycle, because it was an episodic game. It released over 2014 through 2015. Starting in November 25th of 2014, which is like two weeks after pre-sequel came out. And it, the final episode released on October 20th, 2015, almost an entire year. Uh, it was developed by Telltale Games, and most of the writing was done at Gearbox Software, as I understand it. And it was published by 2K Games. The way I kind of want to start this, Dan, is this is such a different format. What is your experience with like the Telltale adventure game style going into this? I played Tales from the Borderlands approximately one month ago. So you, I was curious, I wasn't sure if you've touched like the Walking Dead games or like the old Back to the Future games, even any of that stuff. I uh, know. Um, truth be told, I'm not the biggest fan of, of basically like what, playing an interactive movie. So I'm curious then on face value, how did this feel to you? Because I feel like to me, they were able to make this feel more actiony than like the other ones in the series. Um, that's a good question. Um, I think had this game like had no connection to the rest of the series, I don't think I would have ever picked it up. Um, I think as far as shut up, dog, <laughs> that's rude. I think as far as like um actionyness to it, I guess kind of what I expected it to be. But I'd be like, yes, this is amazing. I love this. This is great. This is what I want all my games to be. Also, also, you did get you got to learn about the Telltale Jank everyone talked about. Um, so yes. look, I have yes. I have a four K TV now. Literally, it just throws a line in the middle of the screen half the time because it doesn't know what to do when you're on 4K. So, <laughs> that's a thing I had to deal with because I had to replay yeah. this game. There was even some issues. I got, because you can't download it on the store anymore. I had to order a copy of it from GameStop. Um, and the only GameStop that had it near me was 124 miles away. So, 
Um, shout out to Amazon. Yeah, that is a thing also, because Telltale Games isn't a thing anymore, and this is a really weird case where they just took down all of their games, and then if you didn't own it, you just can't buy it anymore. So, like, it's very interesting, because it's not like The Walking Dead, at least, um, that was their big series, got saved by Sky Tower, Skybridge, whoever owned actually The Walking Dead, like, basically bought up the rights for the releasing those games. But, like, something like this, like, 2K never came in and saved the day, so, like, Tales is just gone, basically. Uh, I know, I think, um, you may have touched on this in the last episode, but when I played the new DLC that came out for Borderlands 2, <laughs> I mean, I was just like, what the what the hell, why are... Scooter's dead, okay, like, all, all of these things have happened. And you're literally like, who is the really buff guy who's leading us everywhere? <laughs> Vaughn, why does, I mean... I didn't know who he was, and he could have been a totally new character, but the way the game portrayed him made it just be like, "It's Vaughn. he's been here before, but I don't know where. We'll get to him in a second, but I do want to talk about his journey, <laughs> because it's the, it's the best. Um, See, so yeah, I, I do find this very interesting. So I, I give it compliments from playing the other Telltale games of, this is a Telltale game, but like, they made a point of this game of, you know, it's almost more than just the speaking dialogue like they made sure there's some level of action there's, there's some level of shooting you at least try to grab the stuff that way it feels better than just you just clicking text option text option text option text option done yeah. so okay uh as we get into this the next thing i want to talk about is which i think is interesting in this game because it's an adventure game is the idea of money and the gun mechanic the idea of the money mechanic and, like, the, what we thought was a single-shot pistol at first mechanic in this game. So, uh, no, actually, I really enjoyed the money. <laughs> I um, was curious on, like, did you, so, I assume you learned the hard way also that the correct option would have been just save all of your money and buy a Vault Hunter at the end? Yes. That's 100% accurate. <laughs> so, well, like, a really fun mask and i bought like a really cool skin and like some new gear and then it's like oh you don't have money i should have saved it because it is such because what it feels like originally is it's one of those things like how the gun felt at first you're like oh this must be a like thing where i want to save it till the right moment and then the game starts handing you enough money so you don't you forget that in your head so because it doesn't feel like a limited resource anymore like it feels like a controlled resource but not like you're gonna run out of money ever Right. I, it felt like if I do a little bit of exploring and like every opportunity I can, like I'm going to find. And you did. A handful. And you found enough always, and that's what that's what made it make it feel comfortable. Uh, and then I would get to you know the next moment where I could purchase something, and be like, oh okay, well I can afford this, this, and this. And then the but I would be like a thousand if I didn't bucks. Spend money on the last one. I could have gotten this and this. Right, and that was and the, to me I felt like that was a good constraint of like. But the issue was at a certain point like. Half the time, I liked the middle tier option. So, like, by the time you got to, like, choosing Hyperion costumes, I had enough money for whatever the fuck I wanted. Right. Yeah, and, and there's that kind of, you know, at least the way that I play it, it's like, I never go all out on the first one because it's like, well, I know I'm going to need it later. Like, like you, you knew that at least they built this mechanic with that in mind, but I, for sure, the first time I actually did not realize that, like, oh, the correction was to buy nothing if I wanted to buy Vault Hunter. Yeah, and, and it, like I said, it was cool. I definitely 
on another playthrough would kind of pay a little bit more attention in the beginning. Because I don't think I found it right away. And then I saw, like, I found money again. And I was like, oh, I probably missed, like, a handful of drops. Mm -hmm. So the next one I have is the idea of this limited gun mechanic, which eventually became not limited. But, like, what was your opinion of, like, in the beginning, they're like, here is this bullet. And then eventually this energy ball. So in your head, you thought you had two bullets this entire game. Like, what was your opinion of that? And, like, did you feel like you had to use it ever? Um, I, the first time I got the gun and I got the one bullet, I felt like Captain Jack Sparrow. <laughs> and so, like, every time that gun was pointing at somebody, I was like, this isn't meant for you. And that and was kind of my I, feeling, too. That's the very problem with it. Yeah, and so, and I mean, when I'm, when I get the option to, like, be a good guy in games, I usually am. And so, going along with that is, you know... Hey, I could kill you right now, or maybe I'll kill you. Who knows? But I also have this option to just not do anything and not create a conflict, and I often go with that option. Okay. Because to me also is interesting of, like, the gun mechanic felt like it mattered, and then eventually Athena went, so here's all the bullets. And, you're uh, like, and then you're oh. like, oh, dude, I'm going to start shooting everybody. <laughs> yeah, but at the same time, it felt like, a mechanic which you did not realize was limited. All of a sudden, you're like, "Oh, this mechanic just is fun now." But it, the choice doesn't matter, right? And I think that at the point in the in the game when you do get that, you know, the bullets, it's less, um, it's less, it's more black and white and less gray who your enemies are. Mm -hmm. Whereas, like, um, I'm pretty sure in the beginning you have an option to shoot. You could shoot. August, you can shoot August. Yeah, yeah, Felix, you could shoot basically. Yeah, you could shoot basically anyone that feels adversarial or points. Yeah, exactly, and so it's like, at and at that point in the story, I mean, you know, August is and Felix are like your immediate enemies, but I feel like later on in the story, you realize that oh, hey, maybe not shooting them was the better the better route. So to take. I totally so. shot out August straight at the hand because I felt like it. <laughs> I almost did. It didn't matter. Trust me. It's like it's like it didn't happen. I was like, oh, that's kind of disappointing. And that's kind of what I figured. I was like, it's too early for them to make me kill somebody. So I'm not going to use it. And then I thought about shooting Felix. <laughs> I let him blow himself up, so. Oh, and now I warned him of that, too. So, so, see, that's interesting. So because you warned him, as we'll get to eventually, you had the option to use him where, where he was dead to me. Yeah, he was always uh, he's hovering around in the back somewhere doing his own Felix things. <laughs> okay, so the next thing I want to talk about, which I think is a very interesting thing in this game specifically, and we, we kind of touched on this back and forth when we were talking earlier. Uh, this makes bandits feel human, which I found very interesting. Uh, to an extent. Okay, but bandits are like, we picture bandits as like dumb, drunken idiot, which they are at some points, but like these bandits have like conversations and like the moment they're like, uh, so Sally got died and you have the, on the mic, who's Sally? Sally, she died. Who? Uh, and I think, and I think there, there needs to be a clear distinction made between bandits and psychos. Oh, and there was, that's also what's interesting. Like, like the psycho with the meat, with the face pizza thing comparedly to, um, the idea of like, bandits during the race mm, right and i think that's kind of cool because 
uh, at least in, in the way that combat always is, is you have your bandits and they're like, you know, your typical soldiers and then your psychos who just kind of run at you and, and yell nonsense. And, and I think that this is a question that'll get answered in Borderlands 3, but I want to dive deeper into how these two groups mix and how they can cooperate so, with some of them being like actual intelligent humans and the others being so you know how we have pet dogs right yes. so think of it that way okay, that's a fair point I'm into that because we never established because the way it kind of felt like it kind of felt like the bandits were in charge of the psychos a little bit yeah and I think even in combat you like you can kind of see that just because you know the psychos are your melee guys that like rush up at the very beginning and you know the bandits are the ones that are smart enough to use cover and, and shoot you from a distance and such yeah okay so the next thing i'm gonna touch at which i i think is very interesting and i like the way the story is told because of it because it does exactly what the pre-sequel does what is your opinion on this whole idea of the story is coming from the future going back and then you keep jumping between the characters like what is your opinion of like the way it kind of tells this story i liked it way better in this game than in the pre-sequel because because you, we have no clue what anyone is in this game i feel like is why yeah exactly and so i mean and and it just did it so much better i like the idea of it you know in the pre-sequel it's like you have the, the opening and the closing and then you just have like characters interjecting here and there Whereas this one, every time back to like the present day, you get, um, you know, a picture of what's happening. They've moved on. They're doing this now. You can tell a story uh, through flashbacks, if you will, but still consistently keep up with what's happening while the story's being told. Okay with it. So this it's very interesting because, and this is going to be a weird cut. It reminds me of the way that old Assassin's Creed's used to tell the story of, like, you forget you're in a flashback. And and that's lost on me because I never played Assassin's Creed. So Assassin's Creed's, the whole thing was, in essence, was you'd hop in machine, you'd be t you'd be going through the story of the guy's life, and then you'd hop out of the machine. But because of the way it did that, you'd forget you were in a machine during that time, and it'd be like, oh yeah, this isn't the actual current timeline, if you'd say that. Gotcha. Okay, yeah, I understand what you're saying. Like, you kind of forget that you're being dragged through the desert by some mysterious figure. Because you do, the until there are moments where the story gets crazy, and all of a sudden he's like, no, 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 that did not happen. Tell me what actually happened. Which, <laughs> will, which are always funny as hell. <laughs> I, I do really enjoy how, like, it, it, it always ends with, like, somebody's, like, exaggerating too much. <laughs> and the other person know? just goes, no. Do you mean, like, when Zero appears immediately, and they're like, you've got the part where the Vault Hunter showed up? <laughs> I, f I think my favorite part was um, when uh, you get you're playing as Reese and you're in encounter August and you get to uh, steal his heart or blow his mind. I <laughs> uh, see. I like the one where it's um, you're playing as you're playing as I think it's Reese because you're being Sasha's trying to push you out of the van continually, and and basically and basically you have to as um as the other one you have to basically admit if you d were, were not trying to push him out. And then you go, and we're trying to push him out. And all of a sudden, the, all of a sudden he gets interrupted. He goes, no, really, what happened? And, and all of a sudden, Reese goes, no, they were trying to push me out. Yeah. 
yeah just stuff like that it kind of makes it seem it makes it seem like there's like actually a story being told you know it isn't just like you're playing a game it's like no these people are telling it as you're going along and you can see where they they, you know interject on each other's stories or you know try to paint themselves in a better light for whatever reason or so the other thing I want to talk about before we get into the episodes themselves is Vaughn. So Vaughn went from accountant to accepting Pandora to being so ripped that there was a literal moment where <laughs> you go ahead to get him a shirt because he's uncomfortable with it to becoming the leader you find him in the DLC. Vaughn's probably one of my favorite characters in that game. Um, <laughs> I love it so much when his shirt's off and Hugo just walks up and he goes, I'm, I'm going to go get you a shirt. You're like uncomfortably ripped. <laughs> it's really funny because I feel like there's a lot of games that, you know, you're, the people are just stylized like that. You know, they're supposed to look tough and strong. And I think it's funny that here's this dude who is ripped and everybody's like what i didn't expect that <laughs> and all of them are just kind not of like okay with it. you're like i didn't either and it's literally all of them are just like no <laughs> just stop it so i really appreciated that just for i don't know just because i thought it was great and i think he's a really really he's really funny and and he's a really funny character and his story is just so like huh, all right sure <laughs> Okay, so now is where we get to the fun part. So I was, I made notes for each of the episodes, and I figured we'd go over like the highlights, and we'll stop at points so it makes sense. So, yeah. so to start off, the first episode was called Zero Sum, uh, because it stars one of the best Vault Hunters, obviously. My first note of this episode is, unlike the pre-sequel, this game began with a fucking song like Borderlands is supposed to. Just a note. Uh. The pre-sequel didn't start with the song, did it? No! There was no music in the pre-sequel. In that. There was the credit music, but there was no opening Borderlands music. Oh man, that's another thing I hate about that game. <laughs> and fuck it, as we'll get to it, all five episodes of this game had original songs. Yes. Yes, I do remember that. <laughs> and fuck it, all of the openings were fucking amazing. <laughs> they were all really, really well done, and they were they all, like, um... My, I don't know, made you feel like you're watching a movie because they always came in like perfect, like right 20 minutes in. My favorite is the one in episode four when they're going into space. Yes, that one was pretty good. <laughs> uh, um, there was the other one too. Uh, I don't remember if it was credits or if it was an opening, but when they're being chased by the rack hive, that is the second episode. That's the opening when the thing gets sh ripped in half. Yep, that's it. I thought that one was really fun. Yeah. Okay, so after I had a song, uh, my next note was, I really like this museum. The, like, you walk through the Museum of Odysseys, and then you meet one of our favorite characters from a DLC you never thought you'd see again. Jade. Which, which is my next favorite thing. Uh, did you appreciate how this entire first episode took place basically in Oasis? It's Honestly, it's kind of cool that, and I mean, you there's a lot of places that you've been to already in like different games that are in tales, but you're just like, Oh, it's kind of cool. You know, it's like we were there and you know, we didn't see this part of it. So this is like, you know, kind of makes it feel like the world is, you know, happening even when you're not in it. Yeah. 
so the 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 highlight obviously for this episode um is when you first when when the boys come down to Pandora and you get to meet someone who I assume you did not think would play a big deal in this game, but Loderbot. Loderbot was like Vaughn was probably second favorite, Loderbot's favorite. So so when you dropped a Loderbot in this game, I assume in your head there was no way this was gonna be the arc that tied the game together, right? Honestly. I thought like when because um you have the option for to like make him like retreat or like self-destruct or something yeah. like that and i was like oh i'm gonna make him retreat and you know my, my thought was like later in the story like oh he'll like pop in at like a time it, when i need it'll it. save you once or whatever it'll be the end of it and then it's like oh no he's a reoccurring important character <laughs> and he becomes like objectively the most important character in the game um, just since we're talking about Loaderbot, um, question for you, <laughs> not related to, um... Is it about his sexuality? No. Okay. No, totally unrelated to the pre-sequel. Um, what are your thoughts on the Borderlands 3 character Flack and that being Loaderbot? <sighs> so I, I was going over my choices, Borderlands 3. Flack is a very, I don't know how I feel about Flack. So what do you think he's loaded about? Like, what are you saying? There's just like a like a theory going around that he is loaded about because there's a lot of similarities between like how he looks mm -hmm. and then how the the character that Loaderbot plays it is at the end, um, how he looks and and communicates and stuff. Hmm. Interesting. Definitely look it up. Yeah. Because it's. It's definitely kind of like a sound theory, and uh, I don't, I don't know how I feel about it. <laughs> if it is, everyone would literally just lose it. <laughs> and to me, it would make sense too, because it sounds like that this is the game where they're trying to tie tails into the rest of the series. And you could see it too, like you could even tails. You start seeing why they made it matter. Hey, and so I feel like they'd work in Loaderbot somehow. That would. That would be good. The only thing is him being a Beastmaster doesn't make sense to me, if he is Loderbot. Um, yeah. I don't know. I've thought about that one, too. Like, um, like if he was, like, the one who dropped the, the like, the drones, it almost make more sense. Yeah, I don't know. I, I, I haven't really given the, the theory a whole ton of thought. I just, you know, I read it once, and I was like, and then after I played the game, I was like, yeah, that'd be pretty sick if I could, you know, hang with Loderbot again. Nice. Okay. Okay. Uh, next things was you got to choose what Loadabout was. So I chose he had a gun and a rocket. And rocket and shield. Ooh. Uh, so then that's also when we had the fun moment of Zero showing up in this fight, which is the first time you're like, the fuck? Because it's, it's weird because they build this game as not being about Vault Hunters. When they start showing up, you're like, huh, how are we going to, like, fare? Uh, and I also... I was kind of bummed that it was only Zero that showed up. You do realize this takes place after. Oh, you want you wanted okay, you wanted action yeah, show. I, just, I was thinking I was thinking Roland. I was like, you can't have Roland show up. I just wanted like like I don't know like Axton or something. You know, see the boy. See the boy. Um. So this is this is after the Zero shows up is when you jump to Fiona's backstory. Uh. This is why I call it Ocean's Eleven meets Mad Max. It's a pretty good. A pretty good idea of a 
of a comparison. Because it is. It's such this, like, okay, we're going to f- do a heist. Here's this great setup. We're all geniuses. Nothing can go wrong. Then actually everything goes wrong. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's when you basically do that. You go through the entire deal again through Fiona's point of view. Uh, I enjoyed this deal. I think it was a good setup for this episode. But it was nothing, I think, amazing. Like, as we'll get to later moments. Uh, that's when we first pick up the ID drive. Not much later. Uh, you don't get the fun reveal yet. Uh, then we get to the, the... What I find very entertaining is the bandit shingling scene in this episode. Where it's... That's the first time you get Sasha and Reese kind of going together in a hallway. And Sasha jumps on a bandit, like, takes it out. And Reese jumps behind the bandit and, like, tries to choke him. And the bandit's like, John, is that is that you? Is this a joke? What's going on? And then as it goes on further, he's like, no, let the guy do it himself. <laughs> like, come on. He could do it. He's he got do this. It, buddy. <laughs> and it's just like, oh, that's, that's great. That's hilarious. <laughs> and that's when he does headbutting. And this was my... One of my favorite lines in the, when we found out is headbutting means hooking up in this game. Because <laughs> that was the bandit. He like headbutts the bandit. The bandit goes like, oh. And some of the long lines are like, I'm getting lucky tonight. <laughs> yeah, I, I didn't really pick up on it. But, you know, it, it's it's a bandit. So, I got, you know. I got it. It looks like I'm riding the shack train as he thrusts his low, lower region. Was the Texas thing? Because the actual quote the bandit says as you headbutt him. Oh yeah, I remember you. Said, I remember you sending that to me. <laughs> That's what the bandit. Oh, that was the bandit's actual quote. Uh, and then basically they get in. They find this is where you get to the moment of where they basically find this hidden gorgeous project, like of what it of what this oh. map is. <laughs> and this is when you get the moment of this is where I was curious from your point of view is. You do that, the episode's about to end, and Jack just appears. That one threw me for a loop. You, I'm I, not gonna lie. I'm curious, did you know that, like Jack was the main star of this game? No. Okay. No, not even close. And I got my own feelings about having him be <laughs> such a prominent character in the game. This is equivalent to me of like Joker being an Arkham Knight. Yeah, it's just, to me, it seems like you could have done something else with somebody else, and... But, like, I appreciate how it was Nakamura's project, and, like, we saw it in the DLC in 2. Right, right. I mean, it, it definitely, did, like, you know, like, wasn't, like, game-ruining or anything like that. Um, But, I don't know, to me, it just was like, oh, we're we're dealing with Jack again, okay. I think Jack in this one's very interesting because he slowly gets control, but in a different way. I, yeah, and I mean, I think... I think... I don't know. I didn't like it because naturally I wanted to play the game being super anti-Jack. But, but like, it, you were very torn because you played a character who wasn't at first, or you had to make him. Right, exactly. And so it just, like, seemed that being anti-Jack the entire time felt... It just kind of felt off. Like this, this isn't like if there was canon. That's not how it would go, at least in the beginning. Well, it is canon. Oh, but I mean, like you get to make your own choices. Yes, so it's and like, it's only like the big choices are canon if you really look at it. Yeah, and so I just feel like you know, 
the moment that Jack showed up to me, I was like, oh, dude, you know, you're psycho, you're murderer. And it's just like, but that's just because that's how I would have played it. But I feel like the character in, in, in that moment would have been like, oh, hey, well, all right. It's Jack. What up? You know? Well, besides the fact that he's in your head. That is a little weird. <laughs> yes. But, I mean, you get what I'm saying. It just, um, I don't know. I guess if my my biggest critique in the game, honestly, is that I, I kind of wish that it had been a different villain other than Jack. Okay. Uh, so now we're on to episode two. Uh, again, I want to put this out. There was a fun Marcus opening and a song. Uh, the first big opening in this one, which I really liked, was Sporking the Eyeball. Like, like, legitimately made me uncomfortable. <laughs> it was so good. You need to do it, and like, you had to go under, pop it up, then you had to like squish the spot, <laughs> and you catch it midair. Yeah, that's just like because <laughs> it is. It, it it puts you just at such a perspective, <laughs> and you're your doing it, and you're like, oh, I can just see this happening, you know, like. Um. That's. Next, when you played the tape and you realize, like, Athena's in the area. Um, and also, my next favorite thing on top of that is, um, when you get to the video of the general whose eyeball you just sporked, when you get to the point of, he goes, Yeah, so I have a revive. Just just hit the button. I'll be, I'll be good. <laughs> and after you ripped out both of his eyes. <laughs> Everyone's like, did we just... Um, what? Uh, just like, oh, that just made everything so much worse. This is when, obviously, the opening theme happens. Um, this is... Uh, this is where we get a few of my favorite quotes. The next couple lines here are that I wrote down were, don't talk to me while you're peeing, because that was when Vaughn was peeing and, and Reese was on the phone with... Um, what's her face? Uh, that's yes. what, with... Um, God, I wrote this down. With Yvette. And it's, that, it's yes, literally they... he's peeing in the background, and you're like, don't talk to me while you're peeing <laughs> while he's on a video call. Solid quote and solid life advice for anybody who needs it. I like the next one I have is when when there's like a big gun on the table. It's the big gun that um, Sasha uses as the game, and it's some men have nothing to prove. Those men don't use this gun. I do remember seeing that. It's such a great. But I still really wanted to take the gun. It's such a great quote, isn't it? <laughs> oh boy, I got another steez coming. Just, just a heads up. Oh no! Oh no! So this is where I'm curious. Uh, so this is obviously at the point now where you're separated from the girls. Did you choose to go to Old Haven or Hollow Point? Do you remember? Uh, Hollow Point. So you went to Hollow Point. So I went straight to Old Haven. So I was curious, like, what do you do when you go to Hollow Point? Um, oh boy. As the um, boys. Um, oh boy. Wow, I really don't remember. Because as the boys going to Old Haven, that's when you go there and you activate the Gordas Project secretly under Old Haven. That's all you really do there. Yeah, and that's that's what you do, too, if you, um, if you go to Hollow Point. You end up going back to Old Haven too and doing that. But are you wow, with the girls? For the life of me, I cannot remember. So when you do it, when you do it, then after you went there, are you with the girls? Then when you activate the Old Haven thing? Yes. Okay, so that's, that's the difference. Then we, it was, us, it was really just the two boys and Jack, obviously. But yeah, no. When you go to Hollow Point first, um, yeah, you meet up with the girls there. 
Um, and then from that point, then you go to Old Haven. So my next favorite thing I've written down here is when um, when you're traveling and the the bro dialogue, ha- at least for me, happened where he goes like, bro, 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 and you like do knuckles. Yeah. <laughs> bro. <laughs> yeah, that was really funny. I had a good giggle about that. Um, so when you're with the girls now, this is when you go meet uh, Scooter, which which I assume at this point was sad for you. Cause it was knew. okay, because he, he was still alive at that point. <laughs> uh, this is where um, I found it interesting, because this is when we found out that Springs was taking over, basically, of the business, or a good chunk of it. Mm-hmm. Um, I like um, the one thing I noticed was uh, there were wanted posters lying around, and one of them had Brick on there, and Brick's apparently wanted for cannibalism. Yes. <laughs> um, fun fact, in Borderlands 1, there are wanted posters, and I'm pretty sure the Brick one says cannibalism. Which I still have many questions about. You know, he got kicked out of the out of the Crimson Raiders, so <laughs> that's true. Uh what, four? Yeah. Uh so next I've written down that Bebop and Rocksteady appeared. I'm sorry, that's not their actual names, but that's literally who they are. Uh their actual names are Finch and Kroger, but I call them Bebop and Rocksteady. Please tell Appreciated me Appreciated that. Did you get that <laughs> reference at least? Yes I did. Okay, I was very, I was gonna be very upset with you. <laughs> Um, my question. Yeah. What elemental damage did you shoot him with? Um, I shot him with uh electricity because I assumed he had a shield on him is why he was impeccable to damage. Okay, interesting. What'd you shoot him with? I shot him with corrosion. Why corrosion? He's human. Um, because I thought that it would like burn him and stuff. Did it? And it did. It perpetually messed up his face. Oh, you always remember his face. I think the face color might be tied to what you do. Because uh, for me, he um, had a blue line, like blue scars. Oh yeah, for mine, he had like um, that was like a like you know like a burn mark. Mm. That that was that was good. I did like how we got the option to shoot him. Uh, this is when Athena first appears, and um, when we when not only Athena appear. We find out she's dating Springs. Yes. <laughs> Which... That one was interesting. <laughs> Which and I would certainly like to know more about um, what happened to Janie Springs while Athena was at Sanctuary being held captive. <laughs> These are... But, like, oh, that's interesting. Because in my game, we have that answer. Did you tell her? Did you tell Springs that Athena loved her? Yeah. Okay, because they get married. So. Oh yeah, I yeah no never mind. I forgot. I would just kind of forgot the order of the games. Yeah. Uh, yeah, never mind. Next, uh, this is when you have the fun motorcycle scene where like the girls actually knock over the motorcycles, and this is when I love it because the bandits say my vibration crotch machine machine while scream while running at them. That's what they call motorcycles. Is their vibration crotch machines? I'm gonna have to start saying that at work. <laughs> yeah, with you, this is very fitting. Like, oh, hey, what kind of vibration crotch machine is that? And somebody will look at me and be like, what the hell did you just say? <laughs> this is how you get fired. Uh, the next great scene I have written down is Jack remembering who Hugo Vasquez is. <laughs> um, did you start calling him Wallet Head after that? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, same. <laughs> well, it was such a great monologue. He's like, I know this guy. I, I, I know him. Like, I, I tip my tongue. Like, it's not a punching bag. I punch everyone. He's not special. 
Like, I love that whole monologue there. Uh, next I'm is... Kind of, I was kind of upset when he died, to be honest. Just because yeah. it was so soon after we learned the wallet head thing. And I really wanted to see, like... I really just wanted to see that come to fruition in a better way. That's true. Um, next, we have it where, basically, that's when you guys go into the nice dome thing and it goes to the sparkly lights and you make Gory disappear as the ball. So at this point I'm curious, what did you think Goitus was? Um like before we met the robot? No, or... like Goitus at the end of episode two is just the ball. You have no clue what it is. Oh yeah, dude, I honestly I, I didn't really know. Um I assumed it was something like um so I assumed like it was like the en the ender eyes in Minecraft. You just kind of chuck it. It would just spawn you at a at a vault. No, but I assumed like if you chuck them in Minecraft, you do do the chuck thing that like starts leading towards it. Mm -hmm. Okay, all right, I get what you're saying. Um, yeah, I thought, I mean, kind of same at least idea. Um, I thought that it was um a map like the vault key was in Borderlands Two. Hmm. Expected it was something that, you know, like, once you turned on, it would be like, oh, here's a map of all the vaults that are nearby. Nice. Uh, this is uh, when you end with, then, is the choice of, did you put Fiona or Jack in charge? Uh, Fiona. That's what I did, too, with the flashbang. Never trust Jack. <laughs> so my first playthrough, I did Jack, and it's actually really cool, because he legit just kicked into all the drones, just chucks them on the enemies, and goes, we're good. Interesting. Because all he wanted Probably was Probably a little bit more smooth than the <laughs> Yeah, as we'll get to. So, now on to episode three. Uh, we start with, basically, Lodobot coming in to save the day. Sort of. Uh, then we get to meet... This is when we meet... Um, What's-her-face, I think, the first time. Uh, what's the big baddie's name? This is where we meet... Uh, yeah, this is where, this is where we meet her for the first. We meet Valerie for the it's first time. Bertha. We meet Valerie here. Valerie, there you go. Uh, because this is when Dillabot tries to save the day. Valerie appears. Uh, we get to do the infamous "Who screwed the deal?" option. I said Hugo screwed the deal, so in my head I thought that's why he died. I did too, so I can't really confirm or I, deny. I assume. I assume she's not going to kill her own son, so. Who knows? And she's not going to take a shot at any of us either. Yeah. Uh, so I wrote down here, death of Patrick Walburton, who I assumed you realized was the voice of Hugo the entire time. Yes, alright. <laughs> uh, this is when we get to meet Goitus. Uh, and also what I really like about here too, is uh, Goitus doesn't understand what death is. Cause this is when you're, like, you're, going, you're going someplace, and you're going to help her. And Goitus is like pushing his body, being like, is he coming? What's going on? Yeah, she's pulling it and trying to... Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I said, he's sleeping. He goes, oh, he does have chest pain. I, um, I'm pretty sure I was like, yeah, he's dead. <laughs> you talk gorgeous about death? 100%. <laughs> uh, this is where we get the fun... He's going to see a lot of it, all right? You need to prepare. This is where we get the fun theme here, and I would liked is they're playing Bunkers and Badasses in the RV when they're doing the giant journey with Gordis. 
That was pretty great. I enjoyed that little little throwback. Uh, this is when we get to the fun moment next. Is um, ja- the Jack monologue that you have to do with the bots watching you. And the bots are just being like, is he okay? And Loda's just like, ah, he talks to himself a lot. <laughs> I do remember that as well. Which I think is pretty damn funny. Uh, next is, slowly over time, you have uh, Loder learning morals, I think, in this episode is why I wrote down. Because you have to explain to him stuff like why people get hurt. <laughs> and then he kind of starts to, kinda, I feel like that's when he starts to like form his own opinions about like life. Yeah. And then it's like, oh man, this, this, he could be going rogue. Uh, this, is, that's what this is where we get the fun moment of you get to buy the clothes, as we kind of talked about earlier. Uh, next, when you get into uh, the Atlas Scientist's place, which, if you mm-hmm. didn't realize, this is totally the place from the DLC. The, um, what's his face? Dude. I, I want to call him Nagasaki, but I know that's the other guy. And yeah, on um, Nakajama is the guy who is obsessed with Jack. Um, it's not Felix; it's the other F name. I have it down Henry. here. It is. Oh, it's Cassius. Francis Bacon. Cassius. Cassius, yeah. Okay. And this is when we slowly over time will learn who Cassius is, but you're really like, the fuck? Yeah, no, and and it kind of made sense too. Um. Then in the DLC, when like, him and Vaughn are like tight, yeah, and everyone else is like, "Who the fuck is this guy?" Because if you think about it, the in the DLC world, uh, any of the actual Vault Hunters would not be okay with him, because they would know who he is. Yes, exactly. So, so that, I don't know, kind of cool. That, that sounds pretty cool. Uh, I like the um. So this is when they go into their separate quests. Uh, and first off, you have the the soon to be lovebirds uh going down, and I like the dropping to the ground moment when they're dropping to their death as the bridge is falling, and eventually Sasha drops oh, the right, salad. Right, 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 and and then um, what's his face just like uh, let's go and screams, <laughs> stand there and no big deal. <laughs> yeah, uh, that's this is what the option of did you start deciding they should be lovebirds at this point or no? Yeah, I think so. Did you give him the flower? Um, there, yes, I did. And yeah, because there was like one. I think it was in episode one or two, where they go off like the first time they go off by themselves, and there's like an option to mm-hmm. push it. And I was like, yeah, why not? Uh, I think that's pretty funny. Um, I like so. Next is when you go back to the other side where it's Athena and what's her face. Um, this is where you have Brick appears, and you have the fun Brick and Mordecai fight. Which I was really conflicted about. It was interesting. Because it made them seem like bad guys. It A, it did, but also they're Vault Hunters, which is kind of what we get to here. The whole point of the Vault Hunters is the right price. They'll do whatever. Yeah, and I mean, I suppose it's kind of true. It's, it, 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 I don't know, it just made me look at them from a different light, you know? It did, but also this is the moment where I go with my theory of, like, how where the games take place time-wise. This is where this comes from, this exact moment. Because it's Brick and Mordecai, capture him, go, Lilith will be great to see Athena. Then you go to the pre-sequel, and it's literally them torturing Athena. Yeah. Yeah, and and then you're right, and I think that's, at that moment, that's kind of where the pre-sequel then starts to take place. Mm-hmm. And... And that was really all the uh, observations I was going to make on that. 
But yeah, so you got you have those fun moments. I forgot to mention this entire time, by the way, until about now, Vaughn has been paralyzed about an episode. Which was really yes. fucking funny. And um, I think my favorite part was when he becomes unparalyzed. <laughs> and, and the eyes. eyes are dry. <laughs> Someone licking them, but pissing it. them, shitting them. I started thinking about it and like... That would hurt. That would be miserable. Going through the desert. God. You'd think your eyes would be like dry. Like, this is going to sound disgusting. Wouldn't they be like raisins at this point? I don't really think that they'd be, last as long as they did, unless somebody was, like, regularly, like, pouring water or something. Because, I mean, like, they, they at that point should be, like, the shriveled-up thing that doesn't work. I, I mean, I'm not a doctor, but something tells me that they prob- that probably wasn't 100% accurate. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so this is, uh, at the end of this is basically, they all come together... You basically get to question Cassius of, like, who are you as she fucking appears with the rocket launcher. Uh, this is where I like, too, of the moment of basically the entire time Athena was training um, re- was training her. And it's literally, like, you get to be a badass against Valerie, and it's literally, like, and throws a rocket launcher on you. You're done. Yeah. I mean, you know, it kind of makes sense. And this is when we find out we're going to Helios. Could, this is that, that one. Uh, I'm I'm really happy about that because I since Borderlands two have wanted to go to Helios. I just wanted to see it like get destroyed because <laughs> I thought that when Jack was dead, it was like let's get rid of Hyperion, and that never happened. So I was like, all right, fine. So so this is where we get. This is where I think I think episode four and five are like the series' strongest points personally. Uh, so episode four when we were in there, uh, I like how you could start the option of running from your captor. Mm-hmm. Did you run? Um, yes, I did actually. And you get stuck by the meteor shower. And he's just like, no, just get over here. We're not even dealing with this shit. Nope. It was like, nope, stop it, just stop <laughs> it. I'm like, oh, all right, well, that was useless. Uh, this is when I forget what leads on this dialogue, but I have the quote here of, um. Reese looking at Lodabot and going, you're shitting me. And Lodabot going, I wouldn't know how to. I don't remember the context of that, but I do remember that quote. It was such, it was, it, it's such great. Uh, next, I have the question of, did you tell the girls about Jack? Um. Oh, boy. No. I, I don't think I did until, like, the last possible opportunity for me to. Interesting. So, like, after he takes over Helios, basically. Yeah. Okay. No, um, I definitely did that. But yeah, so at this point, they're basically working for August and have to go to Helios. Uh, so basically, have, they have to divide into two groups here, and the girls have to go back to Scooter to get him to upgrade it to to a rocket. And this is where I love the thing we learned: Scooter's top four favorite things. Number one, tacos. Number two, trucks. Number three, heavy eye contact, which he makes a point of doing later to prove it. And number four is space. I'm 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 gonna be honest. I am a big fan of tacos and heavy eye contact. <laughs> I know you have to be legally a fan of motorcycles instead of trucks now. I get it. Yeah, well, I don't know. I've never really been a fan of trucks to be honest. <laughs> but that's for a whole other reason. 
and then this is when the boys get to go, and basically the plan here is to get, uh, so Reese is supposed to show up dead is kind of like what the goal of Hugo was. So they're going to go in and digestruct Hugo's body onto Reese and then use Hugo's O body and digestruct Reese on top of it. Which, this entire process made me ask a major questions about something in the Borderlands universe. How do we know if anyone is anyone? It's really funny you said that, because that's what I was thinking when I was playing this part. I was like, if you have the technology to literally... Well... Because digestructing clothes is one thing. We're digestructing faces. This is something that I've always thought was kind of funny, and I think it's just one of those things you're not supposed to ask questions about. Like, in Borderlands 2, every time you die, you respawn at a Hyperion New U station. Right, right. So it's like, why didn't she, Why didn't Hyperion just be like, hey, we're going to cancel your New U subscription? And a lot of arguments for a lot of different things, but I think the... Just be like, hey, don't ask any questions. But, like, this is the one especially where it's like, if it was changing clothes, it's one thing. You're literally putting his face on you. Which, which, we'll get to in a second. He's literally going to put his face on him, but... Actually, no, no, that is my next question. So what happens here is, we find out a bandit ripped uh, the face off. You have to go find the bandits in his skin pizza party. Which, apparently, they just have drunk and gets... They have get drunk and have sex is apparently what they are after they put faces on each other, we found out. It goes, dude. Uh, my question is, this. how can the machine digestruct all of Vaughn? No, all of Anna, uh, all of Hugo, based solely on the front part of his face. Yeah, and I think these are just questions that <laughs> we just should be asking. So after this happened, basically, we go through it. Uh, this is where you had the fun, touching moment of: Did you tell Vaughn to go free, or should he wait for you? Um, I think I told him to go be free. I told him to go be free because I wanted him to be the nice, shirtless leader he was meant to be. I think, yeah, I think that was probably what my goal was, is because I wanted to push him to become a bandit leader. Probably just because I knew that he was going to become one anyway, but. Yeah, uh, so after this is, uh, you have the, what I think is a great opening with the spaceship. Uh, with the song playing and the, them launching, and it's like, the smallest spaceship, but the biggest fucking rockets you've ever seen in your life. And they have, like, the dramatic, like, spacewalk on like opening onto the spaceship and stuff yeah it uh, it's got me thinking about scooter now man uh, so this is this is the next part so basically when you're up there scooter had to go with you because it wasn't good enough and basically something goes wrong and you have to go up there with scooter and you have to go basically clear your own rocket and scooter's like okay they'll come help me and i assume the moment scooter said come help you did you know Yep, I, I knew it, because there was something in um, uh, the DLC that, um, I think it was something about him, like, like dying in space or something like that, like, blowing up, and I was like, well, this is going to be it right here. So, yep, so when you go there and you realize that his hand is stuck, and you're like, I, I could save you, and he goes, there is no time, this, this must be done, um, this is the question. So Scooter's step one was to explain everything to you. Step two is to free the rockets. Did you let him do step three before he died? Uh, of course. Okay. Step three was to make out with you. 
I um I debated not doing it because I was like, eh. I was like, ah, you know what? This is one of those things that like nobody's gonna know happened, and, and I feel like you gotta you know honor Scooter in, in some in some fashion. And so. then, so I have a question. I assume after that you did drop the satellite, and it said catch a ride. It wouldn't say anything else. The moment it gives you any other options, I'm like, if you're a type of person who will drop the satellite, it's gonna say catch a ride. Right? Uh, as far as I'm concerned, if you didn't pick catch a ride, you, do you, like, did you even play the game? Right? So this is, this is when now, basically, you land into um, Helios. And this is very quickly when you realize stuff is not what you thought it was. Uh, you realize immediately that uh, Yvette betrayed you. Which was a very interesting thing. That she was the boss. I was kind of upset by it. And then I, um, when you're, uh, you were Hugo, I just kind of treated her like crap. Yeah. Because I was like, you know, you, know, you kind of deserve it. You're, you're a jerk. So this is when eventually you go into Hugo's office, which you didn't lose with Yvette's office yet, uh, and you do the fun firewall gag I like, and then Jack helps you at the firewall. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> uh, next, I like it. So then the girls have to go become tour guides, and I like the part where basically they told Goidas, okay, when we have the ID, you're supposed to get her out of here. So Goidas' logic, when he sees them grab an ID, is to come with 50 cups of coffee, and he goes... I think it's like acid or something for you people, and just drop it on her. <laughs> I do remember that. Gordas is amazing. Love the the absolute like innocence and just like pure joy, even though there she's doing like horrible things. Because <laughs> Gordas is an innocent child. That's all Gordas is. Uh, I, I suppose innocent child is one way to put that. <laughs> uh, next, you have you become a tour guide, which I really like is actually is because uh, Sasha sassed the robot, she got promoted to boss immediately, which I think is the funniest shit in the world. <laughs> then you, you have it where uh, you get to be a tour guide now and you get to do the VIP Jack tour. Totally just BS my way through. <laughs> So, the, the, the thing that's upsetting to begin with uh, is uh, when you realize that Butt Stallion was real. Did you shoot Butt Yeah, Stallion? and that she was just kind of like frozen in time or whatever. And I like the part where like, the guard was like, there is no blood. Stop saying there's blood. That's not real. <laughs> like, everyone knew it and no one would admit it. Also, oh, I wish that. Um... There was one choice when you're in there, and there's like a treasure map. Mm-hmm. Uh, I wanted to see what it was because I I just didn't make the right call. Obviously, I didn't make the right choice, and I never got to see it. Because I'm kind of curious as to what that was all about. Um, uh, this is where the question I have for you is: Did you let the, the all the jackasses go through the force field and die? Because I did. Killed one of them. Oh, I said all. I let all of them go. I only only one of them went, and then the others ran away. Uh, and then obviously at the end of this, that's when you run away basically, and then you jump back to Reese, and you this is where you learn about the Yvette betrayal. Uh, also, that's when I, that's when I let Yvette know it was me, and then shocked her with the the beacon that she gave me. I did the same thing. 
Nice. Uh, this is, no joke, the second best moment in the game right here, Ron, is the finger guns. I... That just was, like, the most confusing thing ever. But I definitely <laughs> went along with it. Okay, it makes zero sense. But it's the most fun shit. And if you ask anyone about this game, everyone remembers the finger guns. I don't, I don't, like I said, I don't know where it came from. I don't know why that's a thing, but Cause it's it was, it was so intense. <laughs> it was. When you pull out the, like, rocket launcher and go, poosh, and you're like, what the fuck? There's just like, oh man, I, if I was playing that, I'd totally cheat. <laughs> I'm positive he cheated at some point. There's no way all of the bullets didn't hit him. And everybody was just like, yeah, you know what? He got me. <laughs> And I like that too. They're actually trying to capture him. Like they were told to get him. And they were just like, yeah, okay. Defend myself with, uh, you know, finger guns. <laughs> I like the part too when like it's the guy on the phone still once they're, once they're all done and he's still just walking over them like nothing's happening. Just like, oh, this is just a regular day. This is just what happens here. So basically then this is the part where you basically go and get captured so basically this is the part where you have to go you yeah you all end up in prison you capture all the prisoners and then you end up in jack's office and this is the this is the the, the hanger of this episode was that jack by force will take over whether you let him to or not mm -hmm. and i assume you didn't let him and it still made you exactly and the conference call is in his office, which is dope. I would, I, would, I almost wrote that part down. I was like, you'll bring it up. The whole idea when he goes, this is the conference call. He goes, and this thing was something along the lines of like, because you have to conference call all of your friends about it and then shoot them. I just, that conference call holds a special place in my heart. God. Spent, um, that's probably the second longest, that's probably the second most gun, I gotta, how do I word this? It's the second most amount of time I've spent farming a weapon. That, the, yep. Um, so then, now on to the final episode, finally. Uh, this is, you have, you find out basically Jack wants to put an exoskeleton in you to become you. Which is so creepy on so many levels. Yeah, it kind of sucks. And then it's just like, wow, man, you know, I really hope that, like, this doesn't happen. Because, like, man... I kind of like Reese now, and I, Jack being indestructible would really put a damper on my afternoon here. <laughs> so, uh, this is when you have the whole. Basically, eventually, then he he walks through Helios, and it comes down, and he takes the power core. So Helios is about to crash into Pandora. So everyone's escaping. Uh, mm -hmm. This is touching mm -hmm. moment because this is uh, around the time when Loder will sacrifice himself for you when you call him. Uh, which made me really, really sad, too, because, uh, again, I thought that that was it for Loderbot. Oh, we'll get there in a second. Um, And then, basically, so you land at this point. You realize Loder sacrificed himself. You get to basically kill what's remaining of Jack because you take out all of your implants. Which, that was gruesome. Taking the eye out. Uh, that was another one of those things, like, the, uh, like, scooping the eyeball out where it was just like, oh, the man. The arm dude, I can like handle. The even the implant I could kind of handle, the eye when he started pulling all of the strings continually. Oh, I know. It's just like it's like when you like you're eating 
like spaghetti and you get a piece stuck in and your you have throat to, like, pull it out. You have to, like pull it out and you're like <laughs> put it to your eye <laughs> i felt all of that that's so this is when you jump back to um back to the girls here and basically you have it like fiona's up there and you see that basically goitus is giant now and goitus is being shot with the rocket launcher and basically you get to go kill big girl i don't remember her name anymore valerie uh and basically eventually you have to you realize that the option you have to do here is to sacrifice goitus to save everyone kind of sad. It, was, it was it was another really sad moment because then i was like oh man well Gordis is just like this like you know innocent little child and and the vault of the traveler you know sucks and uh and yeah i was i was bummed when i lost Gordis too and i was like wow every, everybody's dying now yeah because you're not fully sure if reese is gonna make it you're like okay but you obviously did but like it's still this and then we jump back to modern times and this is when you have the fun exchange of prisoners <laughs> I thought that was pretty great. Um, <laughs> when it when it was, the other dumb one <laughs> appeared. Was like, and we find out eventually is Vaughn, and he, he does the switch. Then the captor kills the person who did the trading, and then all of the like sniper lights line up on you, <laughs> and they're fucking. As we'll find out in a few minutes, they're just finger guns with laser pointers. <laughs> just the laser pointers. <laughs> it's like, all right. Fair enough. They um they picked up a couple of things from uh what's it what's it's uh Helios still? <laughs> that culture's still there. So so this is the question. This is about what we're about to find out who it is. Did you have any clue who this was at this point when they're about to reveal the mask? Um no. So the reason I did playing it like because I played it a couple days ago is I noticed they changed his voice in episode five to hide it less. have to replay it i don't know because i played them all kind of i played them with a couple of days apart yeah each one of them up on it but no it's very interesting because there's enough and you that was the thing of like oh yeah and you pull it off and all of a sudden you're like it's loader bot how could i guess i didn't i didn't expect it because i don't know i guess the way that loader bot talked in the earlier episodes it was always just kind of like for lack of a better term, robotic. Yeah, but this was like and a human. This character, like, yeah, his sentences, like, you know, it made sense and had like structure, and so I was like, ah, I can't be Loader Bot. So this is this is where you get to the fun moment. You explain what why Loader did everything that he he thought you betrayed him and Gordas the entire time, and basically he learned the truth now, which I find very I I love this so much because it was literally like it's like I thought you killed Gordas, so I had to kill you. It's very touching. And I kind of appreciate that, you know, he went through to, like, learn the truth before he just, like, you know, got Killed revenge. Because he's indestructible. He could do it. <laughs> yeah, it's not like he had anything to to lose at that point. So it was like, well, all right, cool. You know, good good for you, Loderbot. So, so I hope now, you're in Borderlands 3. This is when we get to the fun moment of, he explains it, and you're like, okay, we have to form a team. Which, this is where it gets fucking great, and they go, okay, here's everyone you've ever gone through that possibly on this team and you get to go through it so you could so you, you if you said at some point you're a vault hunter you could have zero athena if you made if you made sure that she's still in love with springs and married you have athena felix if he's alive you could have felix 
August. Uh, you can have, I think, as long as you don't say that he's the one who sought the deal. Uh, you can just have Cassius. Uh, no, you can have Cassius if you didn't scare him away. I think you could just have Springs, and if you have money, you could have the Vault Hunters. That ain't zero. Um, was that really all of them? That's all I had. Did you see have others? I feel like that there was somebody who was blanked out for me. That was the Vault Hunters. There was their question mark if you clicked on it. Oh, okay. It could have been them then. Yeah. All right. And if you clicked on it, if you had money, there's like a list of them you could get. Gotcha. Okay. So at this point, you hit a big three. So I had, I ended up with Athena, Springs, and August. That's kind of funny. Is that who you had? I'll be honest. I thought you and I would have picked the exact same three. I, I didn't have the option of others. I picked Springs, Athena, and Zero. I couldn't do Zero because I never said I was Vault Hunter to him. Gotcha. Okay. You had to tell Zero you were a Vault Hunter when you met him. Interesting. Okay. Yeah, I did that. Uh, so this is when you realize that, like, Basically, you have a team, and it's the girls are going to go in and do basically teleport into the guy when he teleports, have to explode his teleportation gland. Uh, basically, you have the moonbeam and a and bunch of that. So basically, you summon Goitus now, right, in the big fight, once you're all in position. You have to convince Goitus that this fight will be okay. While doing that, Jackass Vaughn just sees an opening and tries to shoot the Traveler. And remember, his whole thing is he could just teleport at whim. And that goes absolutely horrible, obviously. And the whole thing here is then the Traveler, we see, beats Goitus to a living pulp. And then realizes he's going to kill Goitus because that he'll, he'll go away. So he decides to start heading towards the Moonbeam. And that's when you realize that Reese can hop into Goitus. And Gordas Avengers like, yeah, I get the powers of all the of the people in he, in here. And this is the moment as I wrote down, go go Power Rangers. I have a question. I, I get the Power Ranger reference. Do you, I would hope so. When you put all five fuckers in the middle of that thing and you're using their powers one at a time. You know someone in a meeting somewhere was like how much does it cost to buy the Power Rangers theme for two minutes? Because they're, they're color-coded. It would have been worth it. It would have been so worth it. Me for a second. <laughs> oh, I really had to blow my nose. It would be so worth oh, it. Oh, I hope though. you keep that in the podcast. Oh, I am so. But it would be so literally worth it if they just started playing the Power Rangers theme when you all went in there. Uh, kind of expected, um, if not Power Rangers, like, uh, Ultron God. stuff. <sighs> so would it be Transformers? Because you're not in the Transformer. Yeah, I'll th it'll come to me before this, the show's over. Because, because to me, it was such a Power Rangers vibe though, when they're all next to each other and taking turns controlling with their individual powers and ideas. It just kind of felt like they were in that giant dinosaur thing, and it was, you were just like, "Yeah, they're gonna, they're gonna win." That that was a Power Rangers, Dan. I know that's what I'm saying. Okay. Uh, <laughs> uh, this is when basically the girls have a chance inside, and they go in to basically put the bomb on the little floating heart, 
and try to go away. Uh, this is when they realize that they're too far away, so Sasha then sacrifices herself. And uh, they come out, and the moon cannon gets shot, and then the way you finish the Traveler, naturally, is with your finger guns. Of course, it all comes full circle. It does. Uh, this is at the end of that, you realize how it is. Uh, I like the thing where, once it's defeated, Goitus then can still exist in big form, and then appear in little form. <laughs> Which that, that made me happy, just because I didn't... I felt like we had had all that work to get Gordis back, and then it was like, well, we can't, you know, we gotta have some way to, like, you know, not be a giant. <laughs> but he's you know, both. Mech. That's what, it's not like he's, like, one or the other. He's both. <laughs> he's, he's, like, in it. <laughs> so, so I was pretty happy with the ending. And definitely Sasha almost dying, you know, it brought a tear to my eye. Oh, yeah, that was good. And then also, you realize that, like, the gift that was given, <laughs> that, that Fleeks gave the entire time was a revive. And you're like, are you fucking kidding me? And, you know, again, full circle. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then um, th that's... Made me feel good for not killing Felix, too. I'll say I killed Felix, so... That's when you had that, though, and basically, that's when you have to make the decision of... Uh, so basically, first off, we found out Segoida spot and Loder now a couple, for some reason. Naturally. Robot. <laughs> and then you have to decide... Uh, do you let Sasha and Reese become a couple? Which I did. Mm. And then you have the fun moment of them heading into the vault. And the game naturally ends then after that with a group hug. And that is scene. That is the end. That is Borderlands. What is the, your opinion? The tale of... So I really like Tales from the Borderlands. So I'm curious, like, what is your opinion of the journey? I, I mean, I thought it was great. I, I really enjoyed it. I don't think that my placement on the the rank is is going to be fair. So, But uh, it's not the kind of game that I would see myself playing if it didn't offer something of value to a series that I already really enjoy. Okay. So now it's time. We're going to start this time with Death of the Playables. So me and Dan had a discussion beforehand, even though I think they should count so it's easier on us. Um, he thinks the c people you control inside of the Megazord should not count as playables. Um, yes. Number one, we got to tough decisions sometimes on this show <laughs> and so far i don't think we've had to make any tough decisions no we had a fight over was it athena or a person who never played that was a tough decision yeah well, sort of kind of but this one this th is a these are the characters one. that you, you knew and you grew with for the whole game and uh and d despite there being two really strong characters i think two I characters that are really enjoyed I, I think it's Reese that needs to die. would also say it is Reese. Because, okay, so the, it's not even like a knock on either character, but I, so I like Reese's growth from dipshit frat boy businessman to, like, human being. But I think the growth of, um, I think her growth of Fiona is much better in the sense of going from purse of, like, 
th wannabe thief who like needed guidance and didn't know how to survive on her own even though she grew in pandora like she had very understanding limited of the world to like being this like fully independent person at the end of like actually not needing anyone if she doesn't need them of like learning to accept friends of getting training from athena like you saw her growth structure made so much bigger of a growth i feel like to like a character you care about at the end yeah i think i mean i think that really sums it all up the other thing that i i really enjoy too is um just that with her you kind of see a side of pandora that you don't really get to see all that often yeah and... like it is like the like people who live here side and it's not like the crazies right. who live here it's just the people who live here right exactly it's not you know these you know crazy vault hunters who are these you know like super highly trained people it's not Scooter. the bandits and the psychos it is just the average person who lives on pandora mm-hmm and, and Reese is just, you know, another uh, corporation, you know, lackey, basically. And so it's like, well, we've seen you before. That's, I, I, it's for good. I really like Reese's growth into a person. Like, like, it was good. But, like, at the end of the day, I think her growth was better. Agreed. And and like I said, and I think this will go, too, with, like, when I said with the rating, I don't – that isn't a really a fair assessment on Reese's character. It's just I think he's great. Against. He's just he – yeah, he's just not my favorite. Good. Of the death of the playables. He is the best so far, so, like... <laughs> 100%. Okay. I mean, I like Krieg, but I didn't like playing as him. That's true. So now, we get to rank the games, Dan. I feel like we're gonna agree where this is not, and then we'll disagree. Okay. Here's where huh? I think we'll agree. It is better than the pre-sequel. 100%, no doubt in my mind. So I think it's better than Borderlands 1. And this is where we're going to disagree. Pitch it to me why it's... Why is Borderlands 1 better? Oh, and and like I said, I don't think this is a fair representation of the game. Just because it is it's a really, really great game. You know, but me... Like I said, if this was a Borderlands game... And, I, I mean, as, as you saw, I played it for the first time of like um, two months ago. Unless, because it never gave anything substantial to the series, at least in my mind, play it. And I didn't really have any drive to play it. So. But here's, here's my thing, though. It did, though. You just didn't know it did. Um. Well, yeah. But, uh, so, like, I guess what it, the way I should say it is, if they made another game, another Tales from the Borderlands, uh, you know, the pre- post-sequel whatever you want to call it <laughs> the post-sequel that's what we should have been called <laughs> <laughs> um if there's, a, if there's a game between two and three it's gonna be called the post-sequel i guarantee it i hope so i hope so <laughs> um but it's if unless that it had a connection to the canonical story of the series i wouldn't have played it and not not because it, it's a bad game or, or anything like that. It's just because type of game that I would usually go and play. And so because of that, I would have to put it under the games that I love playing and above the one that, you know, suck. <laughs> I like how like, we at least both agree on the sense of pre-sequel. So my argument for this game is, and I think kind of like over time when I fell to love with the story is, I like Borderlands the same reason I like wrestling, and not just because of Torque. Uh, it's like the like 
B2C rate story that makes no sense on paper, but it's like the journey along the way and you get like wrapped into it. And I feel like this understands what this is. I think more than one did. I think two is when they geared the formula together. Mm-hmm. And, and I think this journey, like we talk about like the rock going up in like the rocket opening or all of the openings actually in this series are like how they work. The idea of like just like how many great lines are in this or how many times you had like fights that made no sense but like it was for character building or like we talked about like sporking the eyeball or like these things of like on paper and image moments nothing in anywhere in the Borderlands series makes sense but it's the journey you go on to get to your end point is what like the fun part is mm-hmm. right sometimes the ride is the destination also, I, I truly believe that the best line is still in this, is when you're talking about motorcycles, they are my vibration crotch machines. I, I'm being completely honest when I say that I'm going to start saying that at work. So I think we're at a standstill. So I, th- I, th- I think the fair thing to do is we tie them uh, with number one being Borderlands 2. Number two being Borderlands slash Tales from the Borderlands. And number four being the pre-sequel. I I can get behind that. We'll be back in a couple weeks with the Grand Poppy. The Big Cojones. The Crown Jewel. The Return of Lodabot. The Borderlands 3. Allegedly. Uh, 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 allegedly. So this is... So Dan, I didn't tell you this part. So now now I'm going to ask you uh, uh, on live taping. Who are you playing as in Borderlands 3? I've been thinking about this since you sent me that uh, that website with all the mm-hmm. all the characters on it. And I'm torn right now between Moe's and Flack. Thank God you didn't choose Zane. <laughs> I was about to yell. Uh, I thought about it, but I was like, you're probably going to choose Zane. Zane. Zane is literally like who I've been the entire series. It is the Mordecai and Zero character. <laughs> so I was like, well, I'm going to leave this one to Mikey so that... Because I feel like in every game we've had like our characters, mm-hmm. you know? And so I was like, I'll leave that one to you because I'm sure that you'll enjoy that one. So, yeah, I'm tied between Mose or Zane or um, Flack at the moment. So what because do you... Because Mose seems like the character that I would usually pick. Because, so Mose is the gunner. who That's the mech person, right? Yeah. Interesting. Kind of like the, she's like the soldier of this game, I would I would say. Mm-hmm. It's interesting because there isn't a soldier in the traditional sense anymore. Because there is no, like, like I would argue the soldier in pre-sequel was, um, God, what's his face? The Wilhelm. mech, the cyborg. Wilhelm. Yes. So, like, I would argue he was the soldier in that. Where this is, I feel like both of them, you could argue, or could be a soldier in this. Yeah. I, I just think I think Moe's a little more predominantly because she's more gun heavy 
and she also has you know like the minigun and, and the railgun and shit so it's like uh, to me that just kind of says soldier okay um i also find it interesting if you go through they have an online interactive skill trees that if you noticed each of the skill tree has different powers now and you have to choose two of three of them yeah that's gonna be kind of interesting i saw that i was like the fuck it really messed with me when I was going through it the first time, and I was super confused, but yeah. Yeah, because it's it like, out. and then it's like, then you have to go down it, and it's like how it equips you, like, oh, this is interesting. And the way yeah, they do the action skill augments. It... Yeah. Ooh, excuse me. It'll be interesting to see how that, that comes out in the game. Yeah, like, how do they explain it? Yeah. And how does it... I don't know, how does it feel? How does it work in comparison to, like, you know, just picking a skill and and that being your skill? Then you can adjust that one skill. Yeah. Which, which when I saw that, I was like, oh, that's... Because it's interesting. You have two skills. It's not like you have a skill also. Hmm. So, yeah. So, we will be back uh, after we have... I don't know if we'll do all... Play all Borderlands 3. At least have some time with it to, to digest our thoughts of the game. But we will be back once they release Borderlands 3 and we both get some time with it. Remember, you can follow the SWW feed on podcast services of your choice. You could follow me on Twitter at Mikey underscore Maroney. You can follow Dan at a god on the run. You can follow the show at the SWW show. And some exciting news. If you're going to be at GDEX this, Ohio- this October in Ohio, let me get that statement right. Uh, you could actually see me and AJ. We're going to be doing a nice panel there um, talking about uh, seeing... Basically, the fun parts in shitty entertainment is, I think, basically the nice way of putting it. Uh, so, like, we're going to watch some movie clips of not the best movies and TV shows out there and just talking about, like, how there's goodness in every horrible thing out there. But yeah. So, Dan, thank you for joining me for this fun episode talking about a very interesting game in the series. We'll it's always time. a pleasure to be on. Adios. This podcast was a product of the SWW Show. You can find more at the SWWShow.com or Facebook.com slash the SWW Store or Twitter.com slash SWW. You can find out more about Mike at Mikey underscore Maroney on Twitter and more about AJ at Locibor on Twitter. Remember, new episodes come out twice a month, one focusing on the new entertainment news and one focusing on movie club so new and an old movie you can find out more again at the swwshow.com you can find the show on podcast services around the globe